Hello and welcome back to the Northwestern Baseball Podcast. This is episode 11. We're still churning out that good content because Northwestern is in the Big Ten Baseball Tournament. Uh, at the beginning of the year, this probably wouldn't be a surprise to most, but we're here. We're great. It's happy to be here. I'm Amit Malik, joined by Matt McHugh, Joe Wilkinson of the Daily Northwestern. Good to be back. Podcast listener is familiar with both of you guys. How are you guys doing? Great, doing great. I'm excited to still be doing podcasts at this time of the year. We weren't last year, so now we are back here doing podcasts. Hopefully there's going to be more coming down the road, too. I mean, I'm excited. You know, I came into this season with not the highest expectations, and it's been really cool to watch these guys just kind of come into their own, and now they've made the Big Ten tournament, and that was pretty awesome. As you said, Northwestern finished 13-11 in the Big Ten Uh Really great turnaround for them when you consider where they were last year in the Big Ten. And they're the seventh seed in the Big Ten tournament. They're 24-28 and 28 overall. Let's talk about how they did it this past weekend. They had a sweep of Rutgers, not very good baseball team that didn't have a lot to play for. But they took care of business. Let's go game by game. Game number one of this series, Northwestern really blew the Scarlet Knights out of the water, 14-0. What went well for the Wildcats in this one? I'd say everything. I think that's fair to say for this one. Cooper Weatherby, who has had an incredible season that I certainly didn't see coming and has been just so awesome to watch. Great guy like Coop to go out there and have the success he's had this year. I think he capped off his regular season the best way possible. Seven shutout innings, nine strikeouts to just two walks. An excellent start for Cooper Weatherby. I'd say the best we've seen him all year long. So he finally put it all together in that start and was excellent. And then... The bats, I think Northwestern's, the score speaks for itself. Contributions up and down the lineup. Multiple players with three hits. Matt Hoffner, career-high six RBIs. It doesn't get a lot better than that. Yeah, there's there's not really anything that went wrong, per se. Um, I mean, just all around, it was nothing Nothing really stands out because everything was just so good. Exactly. Actually, sorry, I lied. Something does stand out. Tommy Bordignon, who's actually had a rather rough year and has struggled with his confidence in his command, Two perfect innings at the end of this game, so it was nice to see Tommy get some action, and that was something that you know, you didn't really see coming, but given the circumstances, it was good to see. Yeah, and he could give the Cats' bullpen some depth in the Big Ten tournament, too, especially if they play three, four games out there this weekend. It's That's a lot of baseball. You're going to need a lot of fresh arms, and Tommy's a guy with some good experience. Having this good appearance under his belt with the life he has on his fastball could be a, a nice little weapon out of Northwestern's back pocket, so... A lot of options for Northwestern, I think. That's the best thing you can ask for. Certainly a wild card if he's pitching well. It just gives them an extra dimension. Uh, maybe not something we were expecting, but if he pitches like we know he's capable of, as Matt said, could be very, very useful. Offensively for Northwestern, pretty much everyone had a good day in one way or the other. Matt Hoffner particularly lighting things up with that three-run home run. Finished with six RBIs, a career high. There's really not much else to say. It was Northwestern <laughs> kind of beat the beat the living stuff out of Rutgers. It was I don't know. Like if you guys yeah. have anything else, to write it started on. early. They scored four runs in the second inning, and then they did not take their foot off the gas all game long. And Coop was just dealing the whole time. So I think Joe, you said it best. There was really nothing that went wrong in this game for Northwestern. They were in control the whole time, and. They, they, knew what, they know what's at stake going into this series. They knew what they needed to do. They controlled their own destiny. They 
could have very easily gone into this series, maybe not gone out all the way, done some scoreboard watching, hope other teams get them into the Big Ten tournament. And that's not what happened. They went out there and took care of it themselves. Yeah, strong mental toughness from the Wildcats. You're right that they could have let other teams do it for them, but it actually might not have happened. You know, Purdue won two. Michigan State won their first game. So definitely wasn't a sure deal for the Wildcats. Let's move on to game two. Northwestern played a doubleheader on Friday because of inclement weather coming in on Saturday. And this one was closer than the score suggests. It was another 4-0 shutout. Great pitching from Northwestern. But pretty even performance. Northwestern kind of squeaked across four runs. This one held on for a pretty comfortable win in the end. Yeah, this game, Hank Christie out there on the mound for Northwestern has been just absolutely lights out lately. Seven scoreless innings for the freshman. He earned his fifth win of the season as well. So he has been just incredible down the stretch for Northwestern. They're going to rely on him big time uh, coming up this week in the Big Ten tournament. The score, though, for Northwestern, they only scored they scored twice in the second inning on an error. Alex Arrow. They say it's a single, but, you know, was, I know I know that uh, assistant coaches might be listening or whoever told us to score this one differently. It um, was probably an error. <laughs> watching that one live, I uh, initially wrote down uh, yeah. a good old E6 in my scorebook. It, it um, was wet. It was slippery, but... If you're any shortstop worth your salt, you got to make that play. So two runs came in to score there, but then the, the score held all the way until the seventh inning. Then I think starter John O'Reilly really just started to run out of gas for Rutgers. He really lost control, which had been keeping him together for the first five or so innings. And then Matt Hoffner, again, coming through with a big hit, a two-run base knock to double the lead. And with the pitching the way it has been, they felt pretty good for Northwestern. Was it the eighth inning where this guy Dicey and the bases were loaded for Northwestern? Sam Sam Lawrence came in, if I'm not mistaken, as you said, uh, in the eighth inning. Yeah. With no outs, he loaded the bases himself, but then got a strikeout and a double play. Yeah, that was huge. Really quickly and just kind of put out his own fire. But it was 4-0, but it certainly was not that close. It was a pretty close game. As you said, there started running gas. And Sam Lawrence, you know... Put a little scare into it. Yeah, I mean, know. I remember watching this game, and I was like, pretty good we got those uh, two runs in the seventh there because yeah. this would look a lot different. But, I mean, credit to Sam. He got out of it. Yes. Words to. Sam, you know, hasn't – he started the season off all right. He really came on in April. Has cooled down a little bit after that, but still one of the Wildcats' best uh, options and definitely their best lefty out of the bullpen by far. And uh, Hank Christie also – in his last eight starts for the Wildcats, seven of them, the team has won. He just gets, gives them a chance to win. And, Matt, I know you've said this on some of your broadcasts. You've been really impressed with impressed with the poise from this freshman. He doesn't walk. He just throws strikes. And when you're a freshman, you have that kind of control. Like you said, you see some really big things in the future. Oh, yeah. And the stat I've said a lot with Hank Christie, I'm just going to say it again because it's that impressive. He hasn't walked more than two batters in any start this year. That's crazy to me that a freshman pitcher he, can go out he there and he starts every Saturday. Every Saturday. And he also really didn't run out of gas. If anything, he got better as the season went on. And you see sometimes it's the opposite. We see uh, Maryland with their freshman pitcher, uh, Taylor Blome. He really struggled down the stretch. Northwestern got to him in that series. And that was the guy who had been so strong for them to start the year as their Saturday pitcher. And then he kind of fell apart in his last couple starts. Hank Christie been pretty much the exact opposite 
has kind of turned his game up a notch in the last month or so. And he, you said he's only walked two guys max in any of his starts, and he goes deep into oh, games yeah. like seven, eight, nine innings. He's got a lot of quality starts. And I think the only game that he lost, that it wasn't his loss that we lost that he started was the Purdue game that went 12, correct? Yeah. And it was uh, a 2-1 like game. One run through yeah. eight, I think it was. Yeah. He, he's been excellent. I think the next step for him is to get that strikeout count up a little because you know there's always some luck with balls in play which he gets a lot of but when you don't walk people and you can go deep into a game that's a great sign that's something Spence always talks about too giving up free bases and so Hank has been big with that limiting that for sure Uh, we'll move on to the last game in the series this was game three the second game of the doublehead on Friday heading into this game you know not everything was quite locked up for Northwestern if Michigan State won they could have put the pressure on they did not, however, but going in, we didn't we didn't know what was going to happen. Northwestern kind of hung on. Rutgers made it a game by the end of it. Uh, it seemed kind of like two teams going through the motions, but Northwestern, I think, did enough early in the game to give themselves the 5-4 win. Josh Davis was pretty solid. Yeah, the big inning for Northwestern came in the sixth. They played it four runs there, and Josh Davis, you mentioned pretty solid. Seven innings, four hits allowed, one run that was unearned, a walk in six Ks, so... You look at the Northwestern starting pitching performances all weekend long, that's 21 innings without allowing an earned run. It doesn't get much better than that for Northwestern, at least from the starters on the mound. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't ask for really much more from your starters. And after, when he went to the bullpen, he went to the senior Pete Hoffman on senior day, which was a pretty cool moment. I was worried a little bit there towards the end, yeah, Pete, second and Pete, third. Pete actually put a scare into it. Yeah, But he got out of it in dramatic fashion with yeah, a strikeout absolutely. to end the game. Uh, he had three strikeouts in the two innings as well. So he got in a little trouble like Sam Lawrence uh, the day before, the game before, but able to work out of it, Northwestern, with the 5-4 win. So, again, I think that's just so awesome that they – did it themselves. They didn't have to sit there. You know, that's not as fun. When you're sitting there, you're watching uh, yeah. the Michigan State game on the clubhouse TV, hoping that they drop a yeah. game. Like It's so much more fun to go out there and win it yourself to go to the Big Ten tournament. And when you're able to do that, you know, it just shows how much you've come that you can control your own destiny and not have to scoreboard watch. Big, you know, progress mark for Northwestern. They ended up, as we said, 13-11. They actually moved up to the seventh spot because of that tiebreaker they had over Purdue. Purdue, I think, also dropped the game to Minnesota. So seventh spot, they'll be playing Michigan. Before we talk about, you know, the Big Ten tournament, the seedings, a little bit of whom they might play, and then preview Michigan, we'll talk just a few more notes is that Joe Hoshite ended up the season uh, in the Big Ten batting average, the highest batting average by any Big Ten player in the last 18 years. Which is absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Insane. <laughs> absolutely insane. He's been just on a tear lately. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think his on-base percentage in conference play was literally over 500, which is just incredible to me to, to understand that and to just try to wrap your head around that. That Conference play, that's that's a lot of games. That's 24 games we're talking about, like almost half the season. Yeah, he averaged 468. <laughs> just 44 hits, 10 doubles, 29 RBIs. I don't know. What There's not much more to say than that. I mean, yeah. he was just the hoss in the center of the order for the Wildcats. You know, they was someone you could rely on day in, day out. He came through with so many clutch hits, and he's a big part of the, all the 13 of those wins. And also, a lot of players have mentioned how big it is for them in the lineup with someone like that in the middle, what that opens up for yeah. everyone else it's, in he, the lineup. He and Matt Hoffner have both benefited from it. It gives someone to get on base in front of Matt Hoffner, and also having Matt Hoffner behind Hoshai, this is what Spencer Allen told me today, you'll hear it on the podcast, is that 
it the interview is that it allowed pitchers not to be able to get around Hoshe. They had to go at him, and he just made him pay every time. <laughs> and also the help of Alex Arrow and Jack Dunn getting on base before him. Yeah, Jack Dunn really picked it up as of late as well, and it's another guy who's mentioned that he's getting more pitches to hit with Joe Hoshe hitting behind them. People want to go after the players above Joe Hoshe, and, and they're taking advantage. Alex Arrow and Jack Dunn both playing some good baseball, and so when you have a guy like that in the middle of a lineup, it makes it so much easier for the parts around him to start clicking and get into a groove. Yeah, let's uh, get into this Big Ten tournament. It starts on Wednesday, um, is round one. Then Thursday, if the Wildcats lose or win, they'll be playing on Thursday. Their first game is against Minnesota or Michigan, the number two seed. They're the number seven seed. Just overall, you know, before we actually talk about it, pretty roughly, what do you think about their prospects in this game? Um, I wouldn't go with great. I would say Michigan, I believe, is number 15 in the country. And yeah, I think yeah. you were talking to uh, Spence, and he said he thought Michigan was the best team in the conference. Is yeah, that correct? That, that is correct, and I, I agree with that take, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it not seems very, like the, Not a very rare take. seems like the polls agree with that take as well, that uh, Michigan might be the best team in the conference. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a rough draw for the Cats after they snagged that seven seed, but... It's only one game, and, I mean, Michigan was getting no hit into the sixth against Michigan State. I was against a pretty good pitcher, but still, you know, anything can happen in one game. But yeah. to start off, it, it's not the most promising matchup. It is double elimination, and if Northwestern wins, you know, great. They get to play the winner of Minnesota-Indiana, and that just helps them a lot. If they lose, they have to play the loser of Minnesota-Indiana. The problem is that both of those teams are good. Minnesota, one of the best teams in the conference, didn't see Northwestern this season. Indiana, despite being the sixth seed, is a very talented team and swept Northwestern earlier this season at Miller Park. That being said, you know, they're a different team than they were then, but certainly a really tough draw for Northwestern. And I think the, the point that Joe mentioned is the biggest key here. It, it's one game, and a lot can happen in one game. When you take a team that's playing as well as Northwestern has lately against a team in Michigan that hosted Michigan State last week, or rather went to Michigan State last weekend, and took two out of three. One of them went to extra innings, and they lost another one 6-1. So I think this is a, a team that's very talented, obviously, but when you're looking at just one game, a lot of things can happen. They've dropped other games this year in series. They dropped one to Ohio State. They dropped one to Rutgers. Things can happen. Yeah. Those teams are significantly below Northwestern in terms of talent and play as of late. So in factor a, that in. In a one-off game, anything can happen. Especially when you're not facing Michigan's best pitcher who will likely go later in the tournament or yeah. not at all. There's a chance they could use him on Wednesday because of the rest, like you mentioned to me before the podcast, could be fine. He pitched on Friday, but you'd have to think Michigan, the Big Ten tournament to them isn't the end-all, be-all. They're focused more on the NCAA tournament, the regional, making the College World Series if they can, which would be a stretch for them, but... You know, that's what they're focused on. And for Northwestern, this is their World Series. Every game is, yeah. is huge here. And the guy you're referring to, Oliver Jasky, a 6'3 left-hander who is a very reasonable case for a Big Ten player of the year. He is a 3'3'6 ERA in 80 innings with 104 strikeouts in those 80 innings. Do we this have 104 strikeouts filled. as a team? This guy is just absolute <laughs> filled. That's a really I'm good about to look that up. 348 strikeouts okay. as a team. Uh, you <laughs> I'm sorry. But that, is, that is more than double any Northwestern pitcher because, well, obviously 104 strikeouts in 80 innings here. That's completely ridiculous. So that's the guy you're referring to, Oliver Jasky. And 
obviously someone Northwestern wouldn't like to face, but if they do get their draw with him, they'll go at it. Michigan State was able to get a little bit going off of him in that weekend series. He went on that, uh, that Friday game, and they picked up six runs in that game. So things can happen uh, against Jasky, but you'd much rather face anyone else in that pitching rotation. Yeah, it's going to be tough for Northwestern. They need to attack him early if they can, try to get to that bullpen. Just really whatever they have. It's it's uh, it's going to be desperate. It's not going to be like the regular season where we saw those combinations of, you know, every Friday it's Cooper Weatherby, Pete Hoffman. Every Saturday it's Christy Lawrence. Right. Whatever, it's going to be much more matchup specific and whatever they need to do to win. I wouldn't be surprised if Wildcats got a little funky with it. Yeah, I, I think that's certainly an option. Um We'll have to see. We'll have to see what they they pull out. But I think the the biggest key has been the ability of starters to go deep in games. We've seen that the last couple series, really, and even against some very quality if teams. If the Wildcats like want to have any chance of it going deep into this tournament, their starters need to go six, seven innings. And that's something but, they've done pretty yeah. well lately. At least Coop went made it into the sixth inning of that Maryland start and went seven this last weekend. Hank going eight in the Maryland start, seven last weekend. I think you got both of those guys going, you feel pretty good. And like you were talking about how it's a completely different environment, it's also an environment that Spencer Allen has been in before, though, with Illinois in the past when he was working there. So he's not going to come in completely foreign. He's going to have an idea of what he's doing. Certainly his experience is going to be valuable because no one else in this organization has really been there. Josh Reynolds has some some good experience as an assistant coach with Kent State. He or yeah, they, they made some some good progress Kansas State rather some good progress there. Um, so he he's been into some postseason baseball before. He knows what that's like. So they're gonna rely on both of those kind of combine both of their experiences yeah. and kind of figure out something with this staff. But with the talent that they've clearly shown lately and they picked up play, you feel pretty good. And offensively, you know, Northwestern has to feel good. They're just there's a lot of talent one through five in their order, and if the bottom of their order produces, you know, they could they could easily I could see them getting something going against Michigan. Yeah, there's a good chance the lineup has been clicking lately, like you mentioned, and there's some bats that they can get going. And yeah, I think you got Hoshite and Hoffner playing the way they have lately. Alex Arrow got into a little funk a few weeks ago, but he's gotten out of that. And, finish the year with very solid numbers across the board so I think you feel pretty good with the depth of the Northwestern lineup and you just go out there and it's one game one game a lot can happen basically sums it up for me I mean you just need a clutch it here a clutch it there ball that doesn't quite get over the fence here right to the line out to someone's glove there yep. things happen it's a baseball game you know yeah, well, let's go just a little more in-depth into this Michigan team. It's a one game, so obviously, you know, we're not seeing a series, but outside of Jasky, I'm just going to read off some, some fun stats here. Uh, they have the fifth-best fielding percentage in the country, first in the conference at uh, .983, and their ERA is 11th in the country, first in the conference, at 3-2-2. So safe to say they're going to be better at fielding than Rutgers? Rutgers was so. the worst in the conference. Here's another thing the Wildcats are going to have to keep an eye on. Michigan is fourth in the country in stolen bases with 118. They contained Maryland pretty well in that series. Maryland is also very good at stolen bases. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they are second in the Big Ten in stolen bases. And Northwestern kept them pretty contained. On the base pass, they did a good job keeping their leadoff man, Zach Jankarski, off the base. And once guys got on, 
They were relentless with the pickoff throws, just teasing them over and over again. Kind of worked them out of the running game. So we'll see if they can have the success they had there and kind of bring that back. That was a significant improvement, too, and I'm sure it's something Spence worked on, especially after the Michigan State series where Michigan State, who I'm, I honestly don't even know what their uh, stolen base rank is in the conference, but they ran all over the Wildcats in that series. And so that's clearly been a point of emphasis uh, later in the season that we've seen the Wildcats been able to contain a little bit better. The other stat that stands out to me with this uh, this Michigan pitching staff, we already mentioned Jasky, all the strikeouts he has, but the whole team pitching staff, 9.57 strikeouts per nine innings. So, that's ridiculous. That yeah. That's insane to me that there's a team that can strike out that much. It's really all the starters have closer to strikeout per inning as well. So Northwestern, it's gonna be that's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough with the strikeouts and Jackson Lamb out of the bullpen is a, another name to watch because he's gone twenty eight innings this year and uh, has not allowed an earned run yet. So, oh, uh, oh man. Well, there's also I mean you mentioned him, <laughs> there's, but there's also, also Mac, Mac Loser. Loser. Yeah, who struck out more guys in fewer innings and still hasn't allowed an earned run. So the thirty four oh strikeouts, twenty three to third innings, uh, no runs, six hits. Seven walks. 085 batting average against. Oh, my Lord. All right, so getting to the bullpen, well, I mean, it's not the worst strategy, but these guys are pretty good, too. Yeah, the bullpen <laughs> is pretty strong. You can see why this this pitching staff is up there with all their, uh, with the ERA, the strikeouts. It, it makes sense. It's not just the starters putting in the dirty work out there. They have the guys to shut the door at the back end. Um, Jackson in the ninth, Loser in the eighth. It does, it's, it's tough to find something better than that. We'd be willing to bet you don't find something better than that in all of college baseball. Yeah, it, you think you hit it on the head. And then offensively, you know, even if the bats aren't going, Northwestern could keep themselves in this game if they get six or seven solid innings from their starters. It's going to be hard against this Michigan lineup. Definitely doesn't jump off the page like some of the opponents we've seen this season, but it's nothing to scoff at. They've got... Almost everyone in their lineup is hitting over 350, except for like on two base, players. On base over 350. On base over 350, sorry. Um, Average is a lot over 275, so I was looking at on base. The one name that kind of stands out to me, even though his average doesn't, is Harrison Wenson. He came into the year as a pretty good catching prospect. Last year especially was a very good hitter we saw in that Northwestern Michigan series. And the power has really carried over to this year. Still has nine home runs, which is second on the team, so... People may look at the 194 average, scoff at that. This guy can't really hit, but that's someone you absolutely do not want to hang a curveball to or leave one out over the plate because he got a lot of talent in his bat. It's just a matter of putting it together. No time to put it together like the Big Ten tournament. And the other dude who's obviously got a lot of power is Drew Lugbauer. Yeah. Which just, his name sounds like, you know, kind of what he does around a baseball. Just. <laughs> I don't know. He just sounds like a guy that really sounds like a good baseball name. Yeah, sounds like a good baseball name. He's got 11 home runs on the season, leads the team in slugging percentage, uh, 60 hits, uh, 57 RBIs. This this is going to be tough for Northwestern, but the strategy has to be the same. Keep guys off base for the power hitters, get ahead in counts early, and they'll, they'll be all right. You hope. This lineup, uh, I think... My, my personal opinion on this lineup is it's very good. It's one of the best in the conference. I think it's still a step below Maryland's lineup. Yeah. And Northwestern, Hank Christie did a very good job. Cooper Weatherby for the first five or so innings did an excellent job as well. So I think w whichever guy Northwestern goes with out there, 
they'll be feeling good. And you didn't even mention the Sunday game where they had the one rough inning where they gave up five runs, but in every other inning they gave up no yep. runs yep, exactly. against Maryland. So there's the potential there for that shutdown stuff from the Northwestern fishing staff. The last thing we must mention before we get into predictions is that last year Northwestern hosted Michigan for a three-game series in the official opening of Rocky and Bernice Miller Park. It did not go so well. Northwestern. They were swept by Michigan. The last game was fun. The last game was fun. There was a grand slam for Northwestern. They lost 10-4, 12-3, and 11-9. Now, Spencer Allen said to me that these are two totally different ball clubs from them, and I don't know that much about Michigan, but I know Northwestern is a completely different team than them, but mentally, do you think this plays a role at all? I think it plays some role, because yeah. the team remembers that, and I know this team, if they, if they feel like they're going to take it personally against Michigan, kind of think like okay these guys came into our house last year and kind of kicked the crap out of us well now we're going to show them what's up versus a new team and they're going to want to show that and I think that's a thing that plays into Northwestern's advantage and maybe Michigan would be sleeping on Northwestern given what happened last year so either way that shakes out I think it plays Northwestern's advantage. I'm going to agree with Matt on this one actually I uh I just feel like this is this Northwestern team is the kind of team that's just bringing that confidence that they've had over these last uh, this last month, really. And I don't think they're not going to come in scared of Michigan. And Michigan might be asleep, just like you yeah. said. I just, they they're might probably going to be, be like, it could be a eh, chat game. They could be thinking it. about something else. They could yeah. have their eyes on down the road and be sleeping on Northwestern. Um, Spencer Round said that, you know, last year doesn't really matter, but I have to imagine that the players that were there are going to want revenge. You know, it's just the nature of a player. You remember things like that. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much covering everything about this series. Uh, let me get your prediction for Wednesday. Now, Wednesday, 12.30 Central Time. I'm on the air, so I won't say anything about my prediction. But what do you guys think is the result of this game? And because it's a one-off game, give me a scoreline. I got 5-1 Michigan. And then I got the next game, Northwestern. We'll probably play in Indiana, correct? Indiana probably. or Minnesota. Yeah. I'm going to guess Indiana, and I got us beating Indiana. I think this is a different team than the one that was swept by Indiana earlier this year, and I've got us making it to what Friday. That would yeah. be yeah, that would be. Friday. Right, I'm not gonna try to project that far in advance. For sure, yeah, neither will we. But 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 okay, that's good. It's good <laughs> to know. I think it depends if Jasky's going on the mound. I think if Jasky's going, it's gonna be too tough for Northwestern to pull it together. I think five one is a reasonable guess. I'll I'll go a little closer. I think they can get it uh, get it maybe to like three two, kind of stay into like a one run game, but. It's going to be low scoring. Northwestern's pitching certainly, has been so good lately. Certainly Northwestern needs to keep doing what they've been doing and not allow the big run. They need to keep being competent, clean baseball Northwestern. Yeah. Because if if we see, you know, the Northwestern of earlier this year and last year and they give up a big inning, there's no chance at all. You can't recover from a big inning against a team like this. But I think if you do a good job keeping the game close, we've said it a lot, a lot can happen in one single game. And if we're talking about a game that's going to be decided by two, three runs, well, that can all swing on one play. So I think if you factor that in, Northwestern can keep this game low scoring, and they got to feel like they have a decent chance. Also, you got to remember that both times I've come on this podcast, Northwestern has won the series, so I've proven to be oh, there you luck, go. which is the X factor. That's a big, that's Joe, a big impact. Joe Wilkinson from <laughs> Daily Northwestern is certainly an X factor. Uh, any parting thoughts before we head to the Big Ten tournament. We might have one more podcast next week recapping the entire season in a cursory manner, but 
And if you guys or want previewing to add, the previewing the next or round, or previewing the, the next round, don't sleep. I think uh, I think it's what you meant to say there. Yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> um, but no, this is gonna be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch more baseball. This team has been ri- ridiculously fun to cover in the last month and a half. It's been a really really fun ride with the team. I want to see it keep going. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna echo that. I'm, I'll admit when I was assigned to cover the team for the daily, I was a little worried because they set that program record for losses last year. They were kind of bad, but <laughs> they've been like absolutely awesome and getting to know everything about them and talking to the guys, like talking to Coop occasionally is awesome. Spence is great. So I've really enjoyed covering the team and it's been great for me to see them have all this success. So. It's been a fun year. We hope the fun extends for just a little longer. Game one, as we said, on Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. Central Time. It'll be on the air here uh, Thursday. Whatever time it is, we'll have it. Thanks a lot for listening to the Northwestern Baseball Podcast, Episode 11. Joined by Joe Wilkinson, Matt McHugh, I'm Amit Malik. And now we have our interview with Spencer Allen. Hi, I'm Amit Malik, joined by Spencer Allen for our weekly interview for the Northwestern Baseball Podcast. Northwestern just finished their regular season 13-11 in conference play. Thanks to a sweep of Rutgers. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Just prepping for the Big Ten tourney. <laughs> Let's get into it. You guys made the tournament thanks to this sweep. We'll start game by game. You know, First game against Rutgers, kind of a lopsided one, 14-0. Uh, offensively, Matt Hoffner was the story of the day. What allowed him and others to really just explode on offense? Yeah, you know, Matt, uh, I mean, he, it's kind of been the same thing each week. There, there's been a different guy, and, and, and Hoppy was that, that guy this week. And, um, you know, he, he, had, he had some big hits early in the game. And then, you know, late in the game, he, he stayed in for defensive purposes. And, um, again, Rutgers was not going to throw some of their better relievers. And so I think he was uh, uh, he benefited from that, hitting that, that three-run three homer. But, uh, you know, he, he's got that capability, and hopefully he can keep that rolling. Joe Hoshite had another good day. Um, Jack Clay's had another good day. You know, how how are you able to string together so many hits and get production like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, Jack, I think once we got the lead, Jack, you know, hit that home run, kind of got us, got it going. You know, the, the wind was, was blowing out, and, and so that was something that we knew that um, you know, we if, if we can elevate some baseballs, we take advantage of that, and and we were able to, and that's that's something. Joe, I mean, he's done that every weekend, and and uh, again, usually when we get one or two other guys uh, contributing uh, to offensively, and they happen to be back to back, you know, you're going to put up some runs. So it was good, good to see. And then on the mound, Cooper Weatherby had another great start. Uh, this one was on Thursday, not Friday, but career high nine strikeouts, shutout performance. Coupled with the bullpen, you know, what was that like for for him? How did he how did he accomplish that? Yeah, you know, it, it was good to, really to see Coop uh, the the strikeout numbers. You know that that's something that Coop has been really good. But uh, you know, Rutgers is is a a pretty good offensive team. You put them out on a on a windy day on our fast turf. I mean, that can that can be tough. So so honestly, that was the, the fourteen runs were great. But honestly, Cooper's ability to to shut them out. Um, who came in? I think they were hitting 282, and, and you know had some pretty good offensive numbers. So um, that that was just really uh, good to see. Moving on from that one, you know, not much to say. Pretty complete performance from the Cats. On to Friday, another good game, another great defensive game. This one started with Hank Christie. You guys won 4-0. Can you talk about Hank and his pitching performance and just how great he's been recently? Yeah, I mean that that was just a a um a really a, a gutsy outing. I mean, 
I think coming after, uh, you know, we were scoreboard watching a little bit and uh, knowing going into Friday that, hey, we, we need to, to take care of business and win some ball games. Uh, conditions completely flipped. Uh, the wind was blowing in, um, so that that was conducive to pitching. Uh, but same thing again. You know, Rutgers is a, is a good good offense, and he has just really done a great job uh, making sure that he you know locates both sides of the plate. Uh, he had three pitches, more, more of his his uh, breaking ball than than the changeup. Um, but he just he, he just competes, you know. It, it, it's not it's not flashy, but he really really competes, and and he's a complete pitcher, controlling the running game, fielding his position. Um, yeah, so it, it was it was hats off to him uh, again, uh, throwing another shutout. And then offensively, you know, there wasn't a lot of production from the team. Matt Hoffner had the two RBIs, so did Alex Arrow. You know, how do you kind of just? Got out a win like that when when you need it when you're looking at the standings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was um, yeah, it, it was big and, and and really it got um, I don't want to say tight, but it was just a, it was a tighter ball game than four to zero, and uh, we we got a couple big hits and we we um, we had a couple innings that we 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 uh, got the sack fly, I believe, from from Joe Hoshite, and so there, there was just some some big. Uh, at bats in that game where guys were really trying to grind out whether it was walk whether it was a two strike hit two out hits um, and, and Alex got the big two RBI hit there that uh, really kind of uh, allowed us to relax a little bit and Sam Lawrence like you said tight game it was 4-0 but there was a moment there when he came in that you know things might look like they got out of hand but he Settled himself well. How did he do that? Yeah, you know, he he Sam. I mean, if he, Sam would be the first to to admit he hasn't been as sharp as he'd like to. Uh, you know, even dating back to to Maryland. But uh, you know, the the thing with Sam for the most part is that when when people get Sam, they hit him. Uh, he doesn't give a ton of free stuff, and so uh, I, I think hopefully this this rest uh, for him. We didn't really have to use him twice on a weekend. We're hoping he can really. Um, you know, sharpen up a little bit as he's just been a workhorse for us. And then back-to-back shutouts, you know, you guys at one point during this weekend had like a 27-inning scoreless streak. Some of you guys are conscious of it all or just, you know, does it mean anything that historically it's pretty rare that stuff like that happens? Yeah, you know, I, I think the the one thing that I was uh, happy to see is that, you know, we just have not played great at home. Um, and, and so, I mean, just when you look at a record, so I, I think that was good to, to see us, hey, we pitched well at home, we, we defended well, uh, guys made some, some nice plays, and, and, and again, you had a lot of guys contributing, so that was, was good to see. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, it's something when you look at our development, even just from week one in Big Ten play up until now, I think some of our biggest jumps have been on, on, on the mound, and, and that's just that's great to see, and hopefully we're uh, peaking at the right time. Last game of the series, you guys won 5-4, and you needed it, you know, talking about the scoreboard. Things weren't sealed just after that second win, the second game of the doubleheader. Um, you know, another good start from Josh Davis. How do you guys pull this one out? Yeah, I mean, we, we hung on, <laughs> I, I think, is the, the, the best way. It was not pretty, but uh, really, I, I think we won uh, all three different ways. I guess not, not a comeback or anything like that, but but we, we hung on. Pete Hoffman hung on late, and... and um, uh, we we got, he got the punch out to to, to end the game, but uh, yeah, I mean I I think again it was one thing getting in the tournament and then um, some things happened you know to where we ended up in, in the seventh seed, but at at that time you know there was a lot of baseball to still be played as Purdue still needed to play, 
Michigan State still needed to play. Um, so I, it was good to see that, that we took care of business, not only sealing um, you, you know, a tournament bid, but even bumping up to the seventh uh, seed. Great series sweep for you guys. Th- took three straight from Rutgers. Let's talk about how you guys kind of got into that tournament over this season as a process. I asked Dusty this last week. I said, after the Michigan State series at home, you know, things weren't looking great. You had mm-hmm. road series against Purdue and Maryland. I think most neutral observers would have said, okay, you might might be able to write that team off. <laughs> How were you able to not let that happen, come play some of your best baseball year, and what was the message to the team? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, I don't know if the, the, the message really changed. I, I think that, you know, the guys just, their back was up against the wall. And, you know, going, really, it was going into the Maryland series. We knew that, um, or, or I should say going into the Purdue series, we knew that we were going to have two or three on the road. Um, that we, we, need, we needed to get something done. And so that it started with that, that Purdue series, getting that, that series win there on a team uh, that, that is, it was playing some pretty good baseball rolling in. I think they had nine in a row. And um, so that really, I think, kind of got our guys going. And then um, Maryland, you, you know, <laughs> you're facing one of the best pitchers in the conference um, if not the, the the best pitcher in the conference on Friday night, and then just coming back and, and winning two uh, really just tough ball games, uh, man, that was fun. <laughs> that was fun, and and I, I think that really jumped our, our confidence up coming back home, knowing hey, we we can do this thing here, and and uh, you know, so we felt pretty good. Ended up going seven and two in, in our last nine games to to get in. Before the any of the Rutgers series, was there any wavering of the confidence? Did you guys feel like you had it? You were in the driver's seat, but you know nothing is given in, in Big Ten play. Yeah, you know, th- there's just so many things that you know, with with weather. If all of a sudden people don't get all their games in, or we don't get all our games in, and um, so so I, I, I don't think you ever really feel good. <laughs> I, I think uh, you know I, I really felt good when it was. Uh, Friday and and we had the series sweep. I, I think that's finally when uh, we 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 all relaxed. But it, it, again, I, we were confident. You know, there's a chance that hey, we might not play that that third game. But you know, I, I, we were all just confident in the guys that they were going to show up and 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 get the W. So uh, was was fun. And then you know, looking back at Big Ten Big Ten play and larger scope. Sure, you might have seen Joe Hoshite had some incredible hitting stats in Big Ten play. Unreal. Had the best average in the conference in the last 18 years. You know, the se- the start of the season wasn't the best for him either. What really turned it around for him in Big Ten play that allowed him to produce, you know, an incredible video game numbers right. statistical season? Right. Well, you know, the, the crazy thing is that, that that's what, what Joe is capable of. And, and, and I think really when you look at, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about – um, you know, in baseball terms, it's it's a quick, <laughs> it's a quick little uh, window here, right? The, you know, you're the the 24 games, and so, um, but that that is still the consistency that Joe shows right there, and I, and I think it says something too for for Matt Hoffner is that you know you if if Joe was just um, doing it a one man show, they would have really started pitching around him. But I think you know the guys in front of him were getting on. The, the, um, that you had Matt Hoffner, who was a guy that, that people knew about, right? You can't just pitch around Joe. Um, so I think, I think it, it, you know, and Joe would be the first to say it, that it, it is a little bit more of a, a team effort. Um, but, but, hey, hats off to, 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 to Hosh as he just, um, I don't know, he was unconscious there for a little bit. He was hitting balls above his head, below his feet. I mean, it was just, 
it, you just sit back and, and watch and say, wow, this is, this is fun. And then reflecting a little more on Joe and Matt and all the seniors, really, yeah. uh, Friday was senior day. I know you guys had your banquet and yeah. a lot of emotional scenes. Well, I know this isn't your senior class, but you yeah. came in, you adopted them. Just what was it like, you know, being with these guys for, for two years and speak to that a little? Yeah, a special group, man. I mean, and, and we just... We, we whether we would have qualified for the tournament or not, I, I would, I'd be saying the exact same thing. It it, it really is uh, everything from a Cooper Weatherby who you know who, who walked on to a Pete Hoffman who came and was a, a, a tr- came in as a transfer to you know Joe and and and, and Pike and and, and Hop and um, you know who were four year guys and and and, and Jake Sheber a five year guy. I mean they all kind of have different stories. Uh, Josh Davis coming in as a transfer from a program that got dropped. Um, so they, they they all have their different stories, but they, they, it, it was just it was it was a fun group who we knew that they were invested. We knew they wanted to leave a, a legacy, and it's just it's just great that they get to look back and say, hey, they you know they were the one of the, uh, the 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 team to get to the tournament in in seven years. It's just it's just special for these guys, and I'm I'm, I'm just really really proud of them. Special class for sure. Let's talk about this this upcoming game in the tournament. Yeah, really, really quick. Wednesday, twelve thirty Central Time. You guys are facing Michigan, the two seed. You're the seven seed. Some have said Michigan. You know, people just say Michigan's one of the best teams in the conference, fifteenth in the country. What's the game plan going into? You know, you got you got to try to do your best, win this game. And it is double elimination, but yeah. the road gets hard when you lose the first one. No, no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I mean Michigan is is the hands down. When, it, just in looking at them, one they they've got experience. They've got guys that have played not only in the Big Ten tournament but regionally. You know, so so their experience, their pitching is when you look at it, their bullpen is really really good. Um, so you know, I, I think working to get a lead early. I, that's again cliche. Who doesn't want an early lead? Um, but but especially when you're looking at uh, what they have, both right and left-handed options out of the pen, um, they're, they're just they're deep, you know, and that that's going to be the thing that for us, if we can get a lead and and really get a, aggressive, um, you know, both on the bases and and get even more aggressive pitching-wise to challenge guys, uh, that that's going to be big, you know, and and uh, I think that's when you're talking about game plan, uh, that that's the game plan, but. I think, like we talked about, we've been in, in tournament mode with the, our backs against the wall, really, for, for the last three weekends. So, I, 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 you know, we, I told the guys the other day, I said, hey, I don't need to tell you guys anything because you, you've been playing tournament-style must-win baseball for the last uh, three weeks. What's the general, you know, feeling you're getting from your team before this game? Like, how how are they approaching it? They're they're, they're pumped. <laughs> they're, they're 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 really excited. And uh, again, I mean, when when you go on the road and take two or three from from Maryland, I mean, that just that gives you confidence. Now, I will say it, it, it's a new season, right? And, and and anything can happen. But you know, now we're going to a neutral field. Um, I, I just think our, our guys could not that the confidence level could not be uh, any higher. And then not to bring not to dwell on this too much, but last year a home series against Michigan was a tough one. Yeah. Was the opening of uh, Rocker Beast Miller Park mm-hmm. is that in your mind at all for revenge or just you want to forget about it? Is that even a factor here or not at all? No, I, I really don't think it is. I, I mean, I, I think uh, we're, we're a different club. They're a different club. You know, it's in some areas they're better and some, you know, not so much. And so 
Um, I, I don't really think it's uh, it's really in our mind. We we know they're they're a good ball club, you know, and on in any given day, um, you know, they can get you, and, and we could get them, you know. So I, I just think we know we need to go play good baseball, and and I you know I'm just pumped to to do it with this group. Last question, yeah. um, you know, not to look too far ahead, win or lose, but when it's a double elimination, how much do you change your strategy from your traditional? three-day series format to, in a sense, how desperate do you have to get in this type of tournament? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think you, um, you know, it, it's all hands on deck, no doubt about it. I, I think the only thing that you, you just, you don't want to injure anybody, well, even if it is a senior, um, you know, and, and mainly you're talking about your pitching, right? But it's, it's all hands on deck. I mean, you know, guys, I, I think this is the time, whether you're talking, you know, Major League Baseball, Cubs, <laughs> bringing Chapman back, or, or you're talking, you know, do or die for, um, you know, for Northwestern baseball uh, going into this double elimination tournament. Uh, I, I think, you know, it, it's, it's just all hands on deck. So we have to really just look to see, okay, hey, how can we win this ball game? And, and so it'll change in that sense of some guys we, you know, we kind of paired up Hank and, 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 and uh, Lawrence. But we've got to just look at, you know, uh, 1 o'clock Eastern um, getting after Michigan, trying to find a way to win that ball game and then reevaluate from there. Great. Thanks a lot, Coach. Appreciate it as always. We'll have both games on the end this weekend. Should be a good time. Go Cats.